Welcome to the Overrated Experience Sports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Vaughn, and it is episode 23, season two. And guess what? It's American Thanksgiving. That means there's three NFL football games on. You're pumped. You know the season's coming to near, you know, it's coming close to an end. We're already in week 12. And uh, we got a big show for you here on the Overrated Experience Sports and Sports Betting Podcast. We are a sports betting podcast, obviously, but we're also a sports-oriented podcast. How many times am I going to say podcast in this sentence? But uh, we talk about the biggest stories in sports. We talk about the gambling side of sports. But right now, we focus on the NFL because that's the peak of uh, NFL uh, season right now. And the betting is going on is is uh, heavily favored into the NFL. And uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into the recap of quick notes, quick thoughts of Week 11. Also looking at forward to week thirteen, sorry, week twelve, and the Thursday games especially, and also going into Sunday or Black Friday too as well. Don't forget about that, uh, Jets and Dolphins, and we're going to touch upon that. But uh, just talking about what American Thanksgiving means to me. I know you are American friends out there that obviously the day means a lot to you. It's it's a holiday, big big feast, turkeys. I hope you guys enjoy it. And sit down, don't eat too much, don't pass out on the couch. Uh, you know, before you can get through all the football, you gotta go all night. You gotta go all night, man. You know, so get that turkey, get some water, get hydrated as the night goes on. But I've always, you know, tended to uh, take time, watch uh, some football with some buddies, put some betting on, put some betting action, or hit the bar. You know, I remember hitting the bar when, you know, the butt fumble with uh, Mark Sanchez and Jets and Patriots. Uh, many disappointing Detroit Lion games where they were, you know, absolute crap. And funny enough, the reverse is happening this year where the Green Bay Packers are the one that downslide and the Lions are going up. Uh, so it's uh, interesting there. We go into some Sunday matchups, key matchups. There's a lot of playoff you know, movement type games, even divisional. When you talk about Houston and Jacksonville, uh, that's a team right now. Houston's making a name for themselves with C.J. Stroud. So interesting there. You can follow the Overrated Experience Sports and Sports Betting Podcast at Overrated E X P E R two on Twitter, aka X. That's Overrated E X P E R two on Twitter, aka X. I don't think I'm gonna get used to X. I honestly don't think I am. I'm pausing just to remember to put it in. But overrated experience uh, could also be followed on Instagram and Facebook. That's uh, the the link should be in the episode details of the sports cast provide sports podcast provider you are listening to at the moment. So here we go. Looking back on week eleven, I'm not gonna lie. It was a shit show. It was not good. I was five and eight. Anything that could have gone wrong went wrong. I felt, and the theory I have, and maybe I've mentioned in the podcast before, and maybe I haven't, I'm still in that phase where I'm on like final destination. And I talked about, you know, any winning bet I had was meant to be a losing bet in my early years. And now it's coming back to haunt me one bet at a time, where these miraculous situations happen where I'm on the short end of the stick. I'm getting basically fucked over. I'm going to use that square language here. Sorry, my part of my French. We do speak English and French here in Canada. So some of the games that uh, really, some notes I want to talk about. The LA Chargers, I, you know, I, I threw them in at the last second. That was a Sunday bet. That wasn't a predetermined bet. Or the Chargers, 
the charges were three-point favorites and to look back on the number of drop balls and opportunities given to Green Bay, but drop balls and fumbles, and especially that drop ball, you know, that would have put the Chargers at least in a field goal position. It just hurts to watch. And, it, and I'm not sure what your experience is, but when you watch the replay over and over, you're hoping that things change, even though it's a replay and that's the reality that played out during that play, but you hope things play out the di- a different way in your favor. Washington, Commanders, and the New York Giants. The Giants went into Washington with Tommy DeVito. Win 31-19. What does that tell you about the Washington Commanders? And I took them with a money line or the parlay with that Chargers game to go over. What what are, what are the Washington Commanders? They're they're done. They're they're garbage. You know, I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say garbage organization. And the reason why I'm gonna say that they're under new ownership. And I think, you know, the new owner took over as, you know, Ron Rivera and staff were already in place. He's not going to be around. He's gone. I'm surprised he didn't get his walking papers already, but he's done. For them to go lose at home to the New York Giants and give up 31 points to the New York Giants, Tommy DeVito was sacked nine times in this game. How can you let Tommy DeVito beat you? Getting sacked nine times. That's unacceptable. Horrible, deplorable, and disgusting. Pittsburgh going into Cleveland. We knew this would be a tight game. Deshaun Watson out. Uh, rookie quarterback in. Dorian, uh, what's his full name? UCLA quarterback. I was actually impressed by him in UCLA. Dorian Thompson Robinson. He had a solid game. But for Pittsburgh to allow a last-minute drive for that for the Cleveland Browns to be put in a field goal position, just disgusting. Kenny Pickett. Wow, the jury's out on Kenny Pickett. 108 yards passing. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going through a Zach Wilson situation here. They are quickly, I think, finding out that their first-round quarterback of two years ago is not the guy they thought he was. He's not going to lead them to the promised land. But the difference between the New York Jets and the Pittsburgh Steelers is that the coaching staff and Mike Tomlin are go- find, have found a way to be six and four, you know, despite Kenny Pickett really not showing much explosiveness as a first round quarterback. While the New York Jets have not found a plan, a game plan. I'll get to dig into them very shortly. But Kenny Pickett's not your guy. And I think they know that. And I think they'll make the appropriate changes. But They've already dumped Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator, so he's out. So does that help Kenny Pickett? If it doesn't, that just puts the dagger that he's not your guy. But uh, Pittsburgh, poor showing. You do, I do not know what they are, and I don't know what team shows up. Is it the team that showed up in L.A. to knock off the Rams and had a big second half there and looked like an offensive juggernaut? Or this? Trash. And the New York Jets. The New York Jets go into Buffalo, eight and a half point underdogs, and choke and give up a 32-6 loss to the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills were struggling. Josh Allen was struggling. And then suddenly the Jets defense and the Jets are the, you know, the the cure for that. And I'm not gonna blame the Jets defense, obviously, but I don't know what Sauce Gardner was doing in the second half by I think suplexing Stefan Diggs there to tack on a 15-yard penalty that 
just started a snowball of the game getting away with him in the second half. But it, anyway, Zach Wilson, absolute garbage. Douchebag Zach Wilson. Have you been watching him play? Do you actually watch snap by snap? Is there a quarterback that you do not believe when he drops back in the pocket that he's going to make a quick, efficient decision majority of the time? I hate, and it disgusts me, and it shows he's not an NFL quarterback, when he drops back and he throws the ball away. And he throws it at the knees of his like a, you know, a closest receiver. But the way he does it, like he overemphasizes the throw into the ground. Like it, it seems like he just picked up on the job and he's he's grounding the ball as if he read it out of a manual. How like how do you one on one like how to ground you know, kill the kill the play and throw it into the ground where in the closest proximity of a receiver. It's so upsetting to watch, especially if you have money on the Jets to cover what you're banking on. But when their offense is horrible, and you can tell the New York Jets and the offense and defense know going into the game they're not going to put up points. But their receivers have, what, nine yards or something receiving like at some point? Like, what's the point? And the Jets have made such a mistake. Well, every other team in the NFL has adapted one way or another, whether it be through offensive game planning, whether it be picking up a quarterback off the waiver wire or making a trade, the Jets were stubborn. They have failed their fan base. And there's going to be some serious questions. Not with Zach Wilson. I think he's already written off. Unless ownership is are the ones that continuously tell is telling Robert Sella to put him in there. That's the only guess I can make. But Tim Boyle is now the quarterback of the New York Jets. And you'll see him on Black Friday. Tim Boyle. Disgusting. I just can't stand watching him. Like, it just angers me. And we digress. And we move on to Thanksgiving football. I love it. Just just amazing time of the year. And, uh, you know, obviously I bet we had some better matchups. These matchups are looking pretty good earlier on in the year. And they've kind of faded away. And, uh, and maybe the Green Bay-Detroit matchup is because Detroit has gone in such a direction and Green Bay has dropped despite their win against the Chargers over the weekend. Uh, but that's why the image of this game is probably not as hyped as, as we thought it might be. But what I'll tell you coming into this game is this still this is still a divisional matchup. I think Green Bay might quietly be turning the corner, at least turning the corner to progress. I mean, Jordan Love is putting the ball in the air and it seems like he's putting up the yards. So guess what? I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers to cover the 7.5 point spread here. And oh, I forgot to tell you, we're going to do something a little different. Usually I come on this particular podcast, the first one of the week, and give you all spreads of every game. When you did as shit as I did, and my uh, picks across the board, I'm shaking it up a little bit here in, in honor of Thanksgiving, is I'm going to kind of mix in props, over-unders, and spreads for this week. Predominantly focusing on the Thanksgiving matchups and then leading into the Sunday. So it's going to be a little different for those who've tuned in, but I hope you enjoy. Anyway, I know you will. And for those who are new, this is not necessarily the format I usually use, but it may stick around depending on how successful I am. So Green Bay to cover 7.5 over Detroit, just to 
just to make it interesting, sitting down on the couch watching this game. I also like prop-wise Jordan Love. His total passing yards are 228.5, minus 114. You know, last two games, he's thrown over 300 yards, over 289 yards. Now, that's a caveat that the Detroit Lions have done a pretty good job shutting quarterbacks down. However, I think 228.5 is still low. And uh, I think, you know, he'll put the ball in the air. And I think he's proved enough in the last couple of games that he'll probably hit the 240-250 mark. Probably in a losing cause, but hopefully not in a blowout because, like I said, I'm taking the spread. I also like Ahmed St. Brown, over 83.5 yards receiving. Yes, he had 70, 77 yards or whatever it was against the Bears. But the previous four games, he was plus 100 yards every game. I mean, he's the guy. He's the guy in Detroit. Jerk off, he's going to St. Brown. So I'm not going to argue with success in the trends, even though the obviously last game wasn't part of that trend. So take St. Brown over 83 and a half yards receiving. On to the 4 o'clock game, the Washington Commanders head into Dallas. And this line in some books is up to 13 and a half. Right now, FanDuel is at 12 and a half. So I'll stick with that. But I'm not going to go with the spread here. I, I, you know, I'm going to take a shot that this is going to be a shootout. Sam Howell. You know, trying to recover again. The Washington Commanders are a weird team. They'll get, you know, lose two games in divisional games against the Giants. And then they'll walk into Dallas and make this a game. It will make no sense. And again, also, the Dallas Cowboys have talked about it on this podcast. They beat up on shit teams. But do you define Washington as a shit team? You could. But they're not Carolina shit. Okay? They're not Carolina shit. So... I, I, I do think that Dallas has a few stinkers here and there and, and stays in games where they should be blowing teams out. And this might be that one game. So I like the over 48.5, the over-under in this one. From a prop perspective, I have one in this game. And I'm going to go back to a prop that I went to last week. And that is Brandon Cook's receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. His line is a 37.5 yards receiving. He had a big game last week, big game before that. I think it's still too low, and I think Dak's going to spread the ball around and not just hit CeeDee Lamb uh, all day. So that's a good one. Brandon Cooks, over 37.5 yards, receiving. And we go on to the night game. San Francisco travels to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are a game behind the 49ers, and this is the first time they're meeting this year. So this is huge for Seattle to take advantage of the situation. And yes... The 49ers off their bye week after their three-game skid smacked around the Jacksonville Jaguars. And yes, they won by, what, 13 points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But if you watched this game, you would have seen the Tampa uh, Baker Mayfield move the ball and really failed in the red zone. And that was late in the game. They were moving the ball. They were in the red zone twice in the fourth quarter. And by the way, I needed one more point after uh, you know Tampa scored early in that quarter. And it didn't happen. So screw me, right? But anyway, I don't think San Fran's D is what it was earlier on. Not saying they're going to lose this game. I'm just saying that Seattle's going to move the ball. So I think Seattle's going to cover the seven points at home. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be probably an ugly field goal that disappoints Seattle fans as they head home. Uh, so that's that's my take on your Thursday Thanksgiving games. And now we got our first Black Friday game. What do you think of this idea? And I didn't, t- I didn't think of this angle. I just thought that uh, Amazon bought the rights 
or actually paid off the NFL to create this Black Friday game, which is a great idea. Like, why not? You already have games on Thursday. Why not put one on a Friday? But, you know, I thought it was to push the Thursday night or the brand, the prime brand for football, you know, watching. But really, my understanding is, is that the idea is to promote the Black Friday shopping and to pro- promote Amazon as, you know, where you should be going to do your shopping. Don't line up. Just click on Amazon. Have it delivered. So interesting how these big wigs, dollars are moved and advertising think advertising uh, ideas are put out there and with what research. But look for us to be inundated with Black Friday sales on this broadcast for those who are going to be watching via Amazon Prime. So we go into this game, Miami, New York. New York, I have no faith in. Do I have faith in Tim Boyle? Boyle? Not really. I think Miami covers this nine and a half. So I'll take Miami with the spread big time in New York. But I'm also going to go with a bet you here every week for the most part. And I know we're talking about the New York Jets D. But if you give me Tyreek Hill 78 and a half yards, I'm taking this all day. Remember, he moves around the field. He makes space for himself. He, he he's He's probably the most dangerous offensive weapon in football beyond a quarterback. Simple as that. Who Who's better than him? Who's more... Da- he's everywhere. Okay? So Tyreek Hill, receiving yards over 78 and a half. Heading on a Sunday, which is kind of a... Okay, There's again, there's good matchups here for playoff purposes that you don't may not think of. Carolina is not one of them. Heads into Tennessee. Take on the Tennessee Titans, and they are... Four-point underdog on the road. And really, does Carolina score any points here? Does Will Levis uh, get back on track? I don't see a team struggling to score points going into Tennessee and Mike Vrabel and doing much and putting much on the board. That, That means that Tennessee does not have to score that many touchdowns to make a difference in this game and put this game away. I'll take the minus four, Tennessee. Big matchup, Jacksonville, Houston. Houston is a game behind Jacksonville. This would put, obviously, a lot of pressure on the Jaguars. The Jags have already knocked off the Houston Texans earlier this year, but this would even the records. So, uh, but here's here's what I'm thinking. You know, C.J. Stroud, you won me over, buddy. You won me over. You're putting up yards. Like, he's putting the ball in the air. He's putting up yards. So, the 267.5, you got my over. You got my dime. Moving on from C.J. Stroud, your rookie of the year. Offensive work of the year going to New Orleans, Atlanta. I can't believe Derek Carr is coming back again. And the Saints are going to put him back. Is this how they don't trust Jameson Winston to take the ball and run with it, literally? But I like this game over 42.5, despite Desmond Ritter coming back for Atlanta as quarterback. I see this as a sloppy game, despite being a divisional matchup. But this division is up for grabs. This is this is division's terrible. So you got to watch this. A uh, lot of a lot of things going on in this division. Look at the standings here. Let's see the NFC NFC South. We got Saints five and five, Falcons four and six, Buccaneers four and six, Carolina. Well, you just must go home. So we move away from the NFC South, and we go into an interesting matchup. We have the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray back. 
Looked like he's, you know, you know, showing a spark here that uh, he wants to play, and it looks like Arizona's going to let him play. And I wonder what the what the story is here. Are they letting him play and kind of going going all out to eventually trade him to a team, a contender who might give a lot of capital up for a Kyler Murray, which they might. I mean, the quarterback is the key position; he's the difference maker. And I think Kyler Murray's got a chip on his shoulder to show what he can do. He's a pretty good out there. But uh, they head into L.A., the Rams. Rams, big win over Seattle, big comeback win. But I, I still don't buy the Rams. Sean McVay, to me, is a coach that's way overrated. They went all in, which is fine with me, to get their Super Bowl ring. But obviously this team's on the decline and in trouble. So they're in trouble. What I mean by that is mediocrity. They head in Arizona. The over-under is 44.5. I do think we're going to see some points here. I think we're going to have like a like, you know, 35-32 finish for either side. But as long as it goes over 44 and a half, I don't care if one side wins 45 nothing. But I think we're going to see that over 44 and a half. Big game, 4 o'clock hour. Buffalo Bills off a big win over against the New York Jets. Take on the 9-1 Philadelphia Eagles. And I forgot to touch on that Eagles, uh, the Eagles-Chiefs game. Marquez, uh, what the hell, Scatling, like uh, the drop, like that drop at the end of the game there. Nobody's going to remember that. They're going to remember that Patrick Mahomes lost, a.k.a. lost, quote-unquote lost, to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're not going to realize or remember the disgusting display by that receiving core. Like, I don't know what in the hell is going on with the Kansas City receiving core. A quarterback can only throw the ball in the hands of certain players, and certain players need to make certain catches. All right? So I, I, I'm under, I just don't get it. You know, I don't understand it. And you have even Justin Watson for the Chiefs. You know, he was targeted, what? You know, he received nine times or whatever. He had like two key plays. And the play at the end there where could have saved a first down and first and 25 and went right through his hands. He can't come up with a big catch. I, I don't know what's going on with this team. So even though they're not in this game I'm talking about, the Eagles came back. You got to give, give them props, right? J- Jalen Hurts, second half, calmly, you know, calmly brought this team back. They kept with the running game and pushed the Chiefs. Chiefs couldn't even score a point. This Eagles team is special. There's no question. But I'm going to go with a flyer here that, you know, the ebb and flow of the Buffalo Bills season is on the upswing. The stock is rising. Buy, buy low, sell high. Sorry, I think they've dropped as far as they're going to drop. And I, don't, I think there's a lot of value here to take and give me three points of the Bills. I'll take the Bills. Cleveland, Denver. Wow. Denver. Who are you, Denver? I know you're... I'm still not sold on Denver. I mean, if you your eye test can tell you and you give props to Russ Wilson, give props to Sean Payton, that offense looks a little more sound especially with the running game. Jerry Judy, uh, Cortland uh, uh, Sutton, just you know, looking like they're being used properly. Russ is putting some you know, good plays out there, checking downs, still there. Didn't take off as much on Sunday night, but he had some key passes. 
They kick way too many field goals. I mean, what I mean by that is they squander touchdown opportunities. It's going to come back and bite them in the ass. But they take on a Cleveland team with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, rookie quarterback, behind the helm, beats Pittsburgh. I think going into Denver, the thin air. Denver's on a roll right now. Let's, let's admit it. Minnesota could have put that game away. Knocked them down. Took them out. But they didn't. Minnesota or Denver found a way to win. Defense is playing well. What what are they going to do to a rookie quarterback who's playing in the thin air? And for Denver to only be a point and a half favorite, that's way too low. So be responsible, but look at Denver as a, a big money play this weekend. And finally, the Sunday nighter, the Baltimore Ravens travel travel to SoFi Stadium in LA. Take on the LA Chargers. Chargers are in flux, man. Staley coach, he's done. A matter of time. The only problem is, I believe, you know, maybe the ownership still, like, you don't want to have to pay millions for a coach, you know, to let him go and then pay a new coach millions to get in there. But don't miss the window. They have a, they have something there. You know, there's even talk of Bill Belichick might head on to LA. That'd be, wow, what a move. Or Washington, I also heard that as well. Anyway, Baltimore, three and a half point favorites. I, I, I know that Baltimore is going to be without Mark Andrews, whose season's done. But they have a lot of weapons. Lamar Jackson, this team is better coached. They're a better organization. Everything tip, top to bottom is way better than what the Chargers provide. So take the Baltimore Ravens with the spread, minus three and a half. Take it home. End the Sunday with that pick. I hope you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving. I know you American listeners out there, I appreciate every time you log in. I see that city pop up from when you've downloaded the podcast. I hope you enjoy. Enjoy. Take the day. Relax. Reflect. Spend time with family. You know, argue football. Don't do politics. God damn it, don't do politics. Worst thing you can do. Do not argue politics. Sports, no problem. All right? No problem. You know what? No problem. No worries. Remember, that's the key word. Hearing that a lot more, guys. Hearing a lot more. Can't remember the last time I heard it. I told you they heard it in the drive-thru, ordering a coffee. When I said thank you, no worries. There's something else I did and somebody's using no worries. It's taken over. No worries. Anyway, this podcast has got to go. I got to get some sleep. We've got a big day tomorrow for NFL football. Join us on Twitter, like I talked about, overrated EXPER2. If you join, please let me know you've joined based if you've listened to the podcast. I want to hear from you. And I'll talk to you later. The pleasure's, of course, all been yours. And uh, I hope you have a great, uh, great Thursday, Friday, and Sunday of NFL action, and throw in a Monday as well. So have a nice evening. Enjoy some action. And we're over and we're out.